You're listening to Brunch with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Friday morning. Let's turn to our final part of today's program, and that is for this week's Radio for Good. We're chatting with Manal Matani, the CEO and founder of OCD, an anxiety support group. And we'll be talking about the upcoming Mental Health Awareness Month and, of course, the state of mental health here in Hong Kong. Welcome back on the program, Manal. Thank you so much for joining us. Hi, Noreen. It's lovely to be back. It's so good to see you. We are live uh, this morning on Facebook as well. I'd love for our listeners to join us there. Noreen Mayer on RTHK Radio 3. You'll be able to see and hear Manal there. So for some of our listeners um, who, who may have heard a little bit about the work you do, can you outline some of the work you do at OCD and Anxiety Support Group here in Hong Kong? Okay, so OCD and Anxiety Support Hong Kong is a registered mental health charity. And our aim is really to give individuals and their families support, education, resources, and counseling so they can lead better lives. There's lots of stigma around mental illness all over the globe, but especially in Asia. And we work very hard on mental advocacy campaigns as well to try and um, encourage people to seek treatment because that's one of the biggest barriers to getting help. Absolutely. And and anxiety can be very crippling to, you know, everyday life. It can affect, you know, going going to work. It can affect, yeah, everyday life. Why is there still so much stigma? Because people I've speak I've spoken to will have at least, you know, experienced anxiety at some point in their lives. But people don't really talk about it. Why is that, Manal? You know, I think it's very much to do with the feelings of shame that people feel like if they have a mental health disorder that um, they're worried that people will judge them for um, getting mentally ill. Um, But the reality is that mental health is actually a serious medical condition and nobody chooses it. It's like maybe developing a physical health condition like diabetes or cancer. And you can get a mental health disorder in many ways. You could be exposed to stress over periods of time. And what that does is that depletes the serotonin, the happy chemical in the brain, and it produces a whole load of cortisol and adrenaline. And over time, that causes um, anxiety disorders, depression, um, other serious mental health disorders. There's also a genetic um, relation between uh, actually getting a mental health disorder. If you have a family member who struggled with mental illness, you may be more likely to get it. Some personality traits are more prone to mental health disorders as well. Um, and the chemical and hormonal imbalances in our body can can bring on a mental health disorder. So there's a lot of shame around mental illness. And I think people would like to speak about it. And they do speak about anxiety. And they do talk about feeling down, but going into depression and anxiety disorders, I think they're worried about being perceived as incapable, incompetent, violent, crazy, and they want to stay away from those labels. Yeah, labeling is just so wrong. We shouldn't label. I mean, we can label our feelings. That's okay, but definitely not about you know um, about stigmatizations. Um, Manal, one great point that you mentioned just now is that yes, there are just a whole number of factors that can contribute to these things. Yes, perhaps if you have family members who have a a mental health disorder, but also there are environmental triggers and also just depends on circumstances. So you may not be, you know, predisposition for it, but suddenly 
you know, you could lose your job or or getting sick, getting COVID. You know, all these things can can really pile on and trigger these anxiety. Have you seen that happen? I mean, people that you've spoken to, they might say, oh, I've never felt sad in my life. But then suddenly um, the pandemic happens. It triggers um, these stress and then anxiety and then perhaps into depression. Have, Have you seen these examples before? I'm really glad you mentioned that, Noreen, because I really wanted to hit upon that today. So, yes, I have seen that definitely external circumstances can affect someone's mental health. And COVID-19 has wrecked havoc with people's mind and mental health in general. I mean, we've seen that 25% um, of those surveyed recently, actually in 2021, showed that they were struggling with mental health issues and their mental health declined um, during the pandemic. There was also an increase in those who struggled with anxiety and depression. So pre-COVID, anxiety was 4.1%. And during the pandemic, it went up to 14%. Um, Similarly, with depression, it was 10.7% and went up to 19.8%. So there's been a definite uh, rise, although I think these numbers are also understated because of stigma. Um, But there's definitely been... Uh, serious impact of COVID on mental health with the travel restrictions that there were, um, people not being able to do the activities they enjoy, being outdoors, and the very going strict out, measures of getting COVID here in Hong Kong, being being locked up. And I mean, I remember when I got it in February, we had to. It was just the the rise of the fifth wave, and we had to be in in our apartment for fourteen days of not yes. going out and not having the sun. Just little things like that. Just really, it can tr- really trigger and and the stress of you know everybody's stuck in a small flat. It can it can be very triggering. You know, I I totally agree, Noreen, and I experienced a very similar thing when I was uh, suffering from COVID. I found it, I found that I had to really rely on those um, mental well-being skills that I have, like the breathing and journaling and art therapy and yoga and meditation, but still I wanted to be out there connecting with nature. And all I had was my window, which actually overlooks some mountains. But saying that, um, I really found that teens struggled being cooped up at home and children did as well because in Hong Kong as well, our flats are really small. And when you have a few siblings at home and each sibling on a computer and mom and dad at home working as well, it can be really really, really difficult to manage. And little ones, you know, they're not so um, well-versed with using the computer and being able to organize themselves and they need mommy and daddy, but mommy and daddy are on a call. You hit the nail on the head. Yes, exactly. And and during that time where everybody was working from home, children were, you know, at school, it it was, yeah, bad mental health all all around because there was no uh, escape. Yes, and I think teens found it really hard, too, because I think school gives them a bit of an escape to be themselves, to be with their peers who are really the most influential um, on them at that age. And being at home with mom and dad and not being able to have the privacy to talk to their friends and, you know, talk about things that matter to them and being asked to just do homework when they just don't they don't feel motivated because it's online every day. And teachers do their best, bless them. But but still, children need to interact with others to, to 
grow and to learn and have those real life experiences. Exactly. I think we took school for granted because you're absolutely right. You know, it was that, you know, escaping from home, hanging out with our friends and chatting in the classroom at the back. You know, people couldn't even, students couldn't even do that during Zoom. Everybody had their mics muted. And it was just, yeah. you know, the, the, I mean, and the teachers had to work really hard um, in order to keep everybody's attention also. It's, yeah. Yes, and I think employees in the workplace as well found it really hard staying at home, um, staying in Hong Kong, not being able to travel, to go back to the UK, the US, Australia, see their family for a few years because of the worry of coming back to the 14-day um, hotel quarantine. And, it and brought at one point, a lot it was 21 of... days. Gosh, yes. Did you speak yeah. to people about that? I mean, that's surely uh, very unnatural to be stuck in one room for 21 days and not not really having contact because you know that had a, a detrimental effect for, for many people and in sort of social media groups people were saying it's actually very hard for them to do 21 days but usually those people had a reason to come back to Hong Kong maybe they had yes. a, a family member who was very sick very poorly so you know it was there was a motivating factor for them but many people chose to you know leave or stay overseas because there was no imminent sort of uh, need to come back to Hong Kong to endure, and I'd say endure, those 21 days, 14 days of quarantine. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that led to a lot of burnout, resentment, frustration, you know, grief, anger. I mean, grief was such a big emotion that I witnessed. And I went into a lot of corporates speaking to employees about dealing with that grief and the impact of COVID and how they could connect with families, you know, online and whether it was having a meal and, you know, I having lunch and, and you know, a loved one having dinner in a different time zone, but just having a meal together or choosing a movie to, to watch at the same time and then talk about it. But, you know, it was some sort of strategies and giving them hope that they're going to see them soon, but it's hard. It really, I think, took took a real um, big toll on the mental health of so many. And it's really nice to see that those travel restrictions have now lifted yes. and um, hotel quarantine as well. It, it brings promise and, and hope for all of us that things will really improve. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's talk about the hope. And and one thing I want to talk about is, is sort of mental health first aid. You mentioned earlier, Manal, that you relied on the skills that you had. I mean, you're the expert. You you, you have the skills. But for so many of us, we don't really know what to do uh, when it comes to, you know, a loved one or a friend reaching out for help. So in terms of, and, and we often hear this term mental, uh, mental health first aid. What is it exactly? And what sorts of skills can we learn? Okay, so mental health first aid is the help that's offered to a person who's developing a mental health disorder, um, experiencing a worsening of their existing mental health disorder, um, or is in a mental health crisis. So mental health first aid is a training course. It's a 12-hour training course, like physical first aid, where you learn how to identify the signs and symptoms of people who are struggling with anxiety, depression, psychosis, and substance abuse. And you go into detail about one of the what those signs and symptoms are. And we use a model, actually. It's the mental health first aid model, and it's called algae. Um, mental health first aid started in Australia, and algae is the mascot. It's a koala. Oh. 
and algae yeah and algae stands for um approach someone who's struggling with a mental health disorder um assess the situation um what is the situation that they're in are they experiencing crisis what symptoms have you observed um and then actually assist them you know make that move to talk to them about what's going on in a gentle non-judgmental um but concerned way um if there's a crisis at the time like a panic attack or feelings of suicidal or a psychotic episode or violent outburst um we teach individuals who come to mental health first aid training on how to cope with that and then it's the the L is listening and communicating with the person non-judgmentally you need somebody who um will be there as a presence to say yes i hear you i know that must be really um hard for you um can you tell me more about what you're going through without the judging of oh you shouldn't feel that way that's ridiculous it's not at so bad this yeah. and that yeah. oh that's the worst when somebody says at least you've <laughs> because then yes, that kicks yes, in so... the shame and the guilt of not wanting to reach yes. out absolutely absolutely and then there's the g which is giving support and information so telling people um where they can get help um you know signposting them to professional help and i think that's really one of the main objectives to identify people who are starting to become unwell and um and identify that and then get them to seek professional help before they become unwell or very unwell so you want to give them support practical support you know can i help you um can i help you look after your child if you're good friends with them can i help you with that task at work um and then the other two e's is encourage professional help and encourage them to engage in other support systems like friends mutual support groups um self help apps anything else that will help them during this time so that's mental health first aid it's a it's a brilliant course i i'm really excited about uh training 10 new mental health first um aiders they will graduate uh next weekend and it's a it's it's very insightful so besides learning mental health first stage some of the skills we can use when um when we're struggling with mental health and seeing somebody else struggling is to have that conversation because people are not going to come up to you and say they're struggling Absolutely. um they find it they find it very hard to and when you approach um approach with an open mind approach with an kind of an open body language um showing you're there to to listen with open-ended questions listening to what they have to say as opposed to closed-ended questions where you don't really um to get to to get to know more um to make sure that you know you're sitting on the same level as them not above them um and making sure you have enough time to chat with them so 5 minutes before you go to bed or before morning briefings probably not ideal because it takes a lot for somebody to open up and they need that time and that support and to know that they're safe to talk to you about what's deep and scary or sad for them. Yeah. So uh, these mental health first aiders who, I mean is it open to everyone? Is it suitable yes. for yeah. Yeah, so mental health first aid course you have one specifically for youth and you have one for adults. So this one is an adult course. It's open to anyone 18 and plus, 18 plus who is interested in mental health and just wants to um be able to uh assist others. So it's not a um it's not a counseling or diagnostic tool. It's rather educations to help identify people who are struggling and to signpost them to get the treatment that they need. In 
in the interim before they actually get the support. So it's a, a kind of an immediate support for them. Yeah, and it's so important that we do our part to support good mental health for, for our peers and, and for our loved ones. Now, Manal, I know you're so passionate about, you know, not just only for the well-being for, for the, your loved ones and the people around you, but also for the whole city. And in the past, we've talked about the Green Ribbon Project that you, you often, and I can see, I'd love for our listeners to join us on Facebook as well. You'll be able to see Manal's backdrop, which is green. Um, <laughs> tell us about this, uh, the, the, what the color green symbolizes and, and about more about the Green Ribbon Project for this year. Thank you, Noreen, for seeing the passion. I um, <laughs> I really love speaking about mental well-being. I know what it's like to suffer from anxiety um, and the shame associated with it. And I really think that advocacy work is liberating, encouraging, hopeful. So the Green Ribbon campaign um, started in the UK, OCD and Anxiety Support Hong Kong. We brought it to Hong Kong in 2014. Uh, it started with me and two of my peers sitting outside, or sorry, standing outside Marks and Spencers, handing out green ribbons to wow. anybody who would take them. Um, the color green is represents mental health. And if you wear green or wear a green hit, a ribbon on the 10th of October or during World Mental Health Month in October, you're showing sufferers that you stand with them. You understand, respect, accept that they have a mental health disorder and do not shame them and understand that it's as important as having a physical health disorder. Um, it's not a choice. And wearing it gives them, or we hope gives them the backing from the community that we're here and we, we support them on their journey to wellness. So I really encourage those who are listening to wear green on the 10th of October, World Mental Health Day. You can purchase green ribbons from us on our website as well, um, which is www.ocdanxietyhk.org. Um, also on the 10th of October, it would be really great for you to think about what do you do to help your mental health? Because there are a lot of people out there who, like you said, Noreen, don't know what to do. And they could really benefit from, you know, everybody just sharing one thing that they do and say, you know, I, it helps my mental health by taking a walk every day, by spending a few moments um, to be mindful, um, to practice self-compassion, uh, to challenge my negative thoughts, whatever that one thing is, it it's fine. And that will give those who are suffering um, some tools on what they could do and try and test what works. So we're really asking the community to share a 30 second video or write it down and tag us on social media. Our Facebook is OCD Anxiety HK um, and our Insta handle is OCD AHK as well. So it'd be really great to have some of those um, responses and to have green around the city. Yes, absolutely. Manal, well said. And I wish you the best of luck. And I wish, uh, th you know, all the people graduating from your wonderful mental health uh, first aid the best of luck. Next week is the weekend that they graduate. Will you be training yes. more? Um, I hope to, Noreen. I, it has been so good teaching this. I have loved every moment of it. The participants have worked so hard, have asked so many great questions and have role modeled and tried experiencing all sorts of different uh, experiences with mental health disorders. So yes, I do hope to do more training at the beginning of the new year or in December. So 
watch the space. Excellent. It will it will be will be on our social media channels. Thank you so much, Manal. Always a pleasure to have you on the show, and I hope everybody can show solidarity and also support um, a wonderful OCD and anxiety support Hong Kong. Go to their Facebook, go to their Insta handle, and you can find out more about their upcoming campaign and also become a mental health first aid aider if if you want to as well. Thank you so much, Manal Matani, for your time today. Thank you. Thank you, Noreen. Thank you, listeners. Bye.